Podcast Network Asia. Hi, I'm Kathy Reneses, and you are listening to the Coaching Happiness Podcast, powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Welcome to episode 27 of the Coaching Happiness Podcast. My name is Kathy Reneses, and I'm a life coach, speaker, and founder of Coaching Happiness, a coaching service focused on hard work whose mission is to create a better world one person at a time. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia, Podmetrics, Centro Holistico, Sunrider Philippines, and Kangen Water PH. Revolutionize your health with water. We have a whole lot of other podcasts you can check out on our Podcast Network Asia family. If you've ever wondered how you can achieve a positive outlook in life, you can join the ladies of Grounded as they embark on a journey of what it means to be our most authentic self and lead a well-balanced life. Stay grounded with Grounded Radio. To learn more about the shows and the network, you can go to www.podcastnetwork.asia. So I am genuinely excited to be talking about this episode. Um, Just to give you guys a little bit of a background of how this came to my attention, I've been blessed to have grown up in two worlds almost. I was born and raised in the United Arab Emirates for most of my formative years. Um, My schooling being spent mostly among the Brits and my general rearing among a community of Filipino families that we aptly named the Filipino community. (laughs) We called ourselves this because back in the day, you know, people had no clue where the UAE was on the map. So most of the Filipinos that were there were kind of like the pioneers. And every time I would come back to the Philippines for my summer holidays and I would mention that I was from there, folks automatically assumed that it was somewhere in Saudi Arabia or something like that. (laughs) The UAE is definitely on the map now. (laughs) But growing up, having spent most of my grade school years being educated by the Brits, I liked their way of schooling. I was taught to be curious and ask questions. I was urged to speak my mind and not be afraid to make mistakes. Learning was very hands-on. And what I mean by that is, for example, going through British history, how I kind of learned the names of King Henry VIII's six wives was by coloring them in, decorating their clothes with feathers and scrap paper, and taking a creative approach to the assignment at hand. When I came to settle in the Philippines, which was right around when I started my freshman year of high school, it was quite the culture shock, to say the least. I didn't feel that we were encouraged 
to learn in groups, unless it was a group project. So it was mostly kanya-kanya. There was also this constant stress of trying to memorize everything and then completely forgetting about it until, you know, until next school year when you had to relearn the same thing all over again. And I noticed that, you know, nobody really spoke up or there was like a handful of students who would do that and like have an opinion about anything. I was really just genuinely surprised how most of my classmates just kind of just the accepted the information that was given as fact. Even when you knew that someone had an opinion, they would never speak up unless called upon. And I thought, you know what, this might just be because it was high school and high school is always an, you know, that odd time in our lives. That's when most people go through their emo phase. Plus we're pumped with hormones at that age. So, you know, maybe I could cough it up to just teenage angst. But no, not really. It continued into my college years and it became especially obvious at work. When I worked in the BPO industry, where we, you know, we'd have expats for management and training, and that was common, there was this funny phenomenon that I like to call the meeting after the meeting. So the way this goes is that, you know, management would call a meeting and we would go through the motions until, you know, the host of the meeting would probably ask if anyone has any questions about the topic at hand before they'd move on to the next agenda. And usually no one would say anything, right? Most people would just give a nod to kind of, you know, like say that, yeah, we, we, we understand, we're good. And then the meeting carries on and then everyone is dismissed. And management, of course, thinks that they've gotten their points across clearly because nobody really asked anything. And then a week later, they're kind of scratching their head because nothing really happened. And then they realize that may meeting after the meeting, you mga employees. So like after being dismissed from the meeting, what would happen is we would all huddle in our own little groups or by the water cooler and ask each other, Uy, ano yung naintindihan mo dun sa sinabi nila? Right? And then, pagpapachipachihin natin lahat yan. And then we would come up with our own interpretation of what was said during the meeting and take other people's understanding of the meeting as fact. Um, which would, of course, lead to a whole lot of frustration down the road. Tuturuan pa tayo, kasi sabi ni ganito, ganito daw. Sana nagtalong na lang tayo dun sa unang meeting pa lang, diba? <laughs> And that is what, in my experience, usually happens. Can anybody else relate to this experience? Or do you guys have something similar that happens in your place of work? You know, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that's gone through the stress of this. Ito yung mga talagang galawang, galawang Pilipino talaga na, you know, kahit hindi pa foreigner yung boss natin, we don't want to speak up. And we would still have these meetings after the meetings. 
And yeah, that was just a funny part of corporate culture that in my head is just super Pinoy. <laughs> so now, as a coach, I really want to know why. Bakit pa tayo ganito? Tayo lang ba sa mundo yung ganito? Well, I'm pretty sure other cultures have their own quirks. You know, they they have their own struggles. I feel that we as a culture tend to struggle with emotional literacy in the sense that we have trouble finding the words and also the courage to express ourselves. That's kind of our thing, right? You can eloquently see the range of emotions when we when we greet each other with kamustaka. Our emotions range from okay lang to okay pa naman, to okay pa din. O diba? Napaka-wide ng range. <laughs> of course, I'm being sarcastic. Okay lang is not an emotion. But do you notice how that's our default answer to most things? Now, before I get into why we struggle with expressing ourselves, if you're a fellow podcaster listening to this and want to know how I collab with brands in the Coaching Happiness podcast, I'll let you in on my secret. I use Podmetrics. It's the easiest way to monetize your podcast regardless of its size. If you're an advertiser who wants to collaborate with me, head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and just fill up the form. So, bakit nga ba tayo nagkakaganito? My two cents is that, well, that's the culture. We were raised generation after generation thinking that this is normal until we get older and these beliefs keep us from flourishing as human beings because we don't speak up. How many times have you wanted to give your opinion on something in school or at work maybe, but just kept quiet because you didn't think that anyone would listen to you? Or have you ever wanted to express yourself to a friend or even someone you had feelings for, but decided to just keep quiet and just hope na makuha siya sa pakiramdam? Or worse, are you the type to keep your feelings in, letting it build and build and build until you can't keep it in anymore and explode with anger with whoever the poor person is that's in front of you that has to take it? Kung feeling mo natamaan ka sa mga example ko, this episode on emotional literacy for Filipinos is definitely for you. So, Ano nga ba ang emotional literacy? Wala pa tayo sa emotional intelligence ha. Dun pa lang tayo sa building block ng emotional intelligence, which starts with being emotionally literate. This term was coined by Claude Steiner, a French-born American psychotherapist and writer. And he explains that, to be emotionally literate is to be able to handle emotions 
in a way that improves your personal power and the quality of your life. And equally important, the quality of life of the people around you. Emotional literacy helps your emotions work for you instead of against you. I think that last line is worth repeating. Emotional literacy helps your emotions work for you instead of against you. Growing up, a lot of us never really allowed ourselves to give ourselves that chance to experience these emotions, which is why a lot of us struggle with emotional literacy. Let me go through three of the most common struggles that I saw growing up. Number one is that we were constantly told or threatened to keep quiet as children. Children are wonderful little humans, no? They're at that age where everything is new and amazing and they're all excited by the new experiences. And if you let them, they will talk your ear off about their newest discovery or latest adventure. We should all really relearn to be more like children and view the world through their eyes. They are bursting with curiosity, creativity, and just want to take in the world around them until they are made to keep quiet by the jaded, short-tempered adults. Every Filipino, no matter where you are in the world, knows the threat, quiet ka lang, kung hindi, kukunin ka ng pulis, sige ka. If you don't keep quiet, the police or the guard or whoever the person of authority is will get you. While the adults might think it's funny because it was also probably something that was said back to them when they were a child, it's such a setup to fail for the kid because you're already teaching them to suppress what they're feeling that it's wrong to express it, lest the threat come true. If you have kids and if you feel that this is something you'd want to work on with them, try asking them questions whenever they throw a tantrum and try to get them to articulate what it is that they're feeling so they can learn to identify and associate what feeling is connected to what's going on in their bodies. Now, I know that this is easier said than done, of course, but it's because it's a new approach, right? And there is going to be a learning curve for both you and your child. So what do I mean when I say get your child to articulate what they're feeling. What would that sound like, maybe? It could sound something like, Darling, why are you crying? Are you hurt? Can you point where in your body it hurts? Is it your tummy? Does your tummy hurt? 
Are you maybe frustrated about something or are you hungry? Did Kuya say something to you that makes you feel frustrated with him? And then go along that line of questioning. After identifying the emotion and acknowledging the emotion he's going through, you can then help him manage his emotions by letting him cry it out or hugging him or letting him talk out his frustration and rewarding him for sharing his feelings so he knows the next time he can do the same and that it's a safe space. There is no threat. What does that sound like? Does that sound weird for you as a Filipino? Because I, I remember when I was writing this down and kind of thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder, you know, like if if I was kind of taught differently, you know, thank goodness I was, but growing up, I would get the same threats and I would kind of think to myself, you know, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want the mall guard to get me. So, okay, I'm going to keep quiet. But I wonder if instead of threatening, if I grew up feeling empowered around my emotions, how, you know, much more maybe impactful or courageous I could have been. So moving on, number two, we were taught to memorize and accept rather than exercise curiosity at school. Now, let me just say, I'm glad to see this is slowly changing over time. But when I was in school, I absolutely hated memorizing with a passion. I found absolutely no value in memorizing parts of flowers, for example, from a diagram in a book right? When I would rather be admiring an actual flower and learning the parts that way. I used to be the student that my classmates would hate because I would ask so many questions and, you know, would add in extra requests that like my teacher to please write legibly so I could understand what he writes on the blackboard. <laughs> or they would love me because I asked so many questions that the teacher would forget about the scheduled quiz for the day. <laughs> I didn't like being fed information that I'm just expected to accept. And honestly, neither should you. How you are in one part of your life is how you are in all parts of your life. And being passive in a part of your life as important as education also kind of sets you up to be the same when you go out into the real world, which based on results, growing up and going into the real world is kind of what I got. Being passive and docile never led to anyone living their best life ever. So how are you going to start making courageous moves now with your entire life when you've been doing the exact opposite? Right? Right? <laughs> My tool for rewiring the brain out of just accepting information is to challenge yourself to start questioning everything. Is that fact, fiction, or opinion? 
that piece of gossip your coworker shared about your manager. Is that fact, fiction, or opinion? The article that you read online, is it fact, fiction, or opinion? What about your personally held beliefs? Is that fact, fiction, or somebody else's opinion? There are going to be a lot of feelings coming up when you question everything, and I challenge you to sit with them. Does it feel uncomfortable that your coworker is sharing complete fiction about your manager, hoping that you would take it as fact? Is it annoying? Is it frustrating? Do you ever know what feeling it is that you're going through? Can you identify it? Or paulit-ulit ka na lang ba na sad, mad, angry? Diba? If English isn't how you express yourself, then in your native tongue, do you have a word for it in Tagalog, Bisaya, Kapampangan, Ilonggo? Anong, kung galit ka, anong level ng galit yan? Inis lang ba? O nanggagalaiti ka na? Notice how this range of emotions, how they feel in your body, and learn how to manage them. And lastly, number three is we carry a lot of limiting beliefs around certain emotions. The more popular limiting belief about our emotions has been actually turned into songs about how boys don't cry, Because the belief is crying makes you vulnerable and vulnerability is a feminine trait. So a lot of men grow up suppressing their sadness, their grief, and their pain because consciously or not, they've bought into this belief that men don't cry. But fact of the matter is that all emotions are valid. We are, we are all here to experience the rainbow of feelings. One isn't just meant to be for male and female. Keeping all these emotions stuffed inside with no outlet cannot be healthy either. The number one killer of Filipino men is cardiac arrest. And while there are definitely lifestyle factors that play into that, decades of bottling up emotions and only allowing strong emotions like anger definitely plays into it. Another very Filipino belief we have about emotions is to always be happy. Parate tayo dapat masaya. We are definitely known to be a smiley, happy people But a lot of the time, the smile is just kind of plastered on because we don't know how to process other types of emotions because we are not allowed or we associate guilt and shame with those emotions. A lot of us live in denial of these emotions because admitting to them somehow means that we're unhappy with our life. 
and are therefore ungrateful. Diba? How many of us have heard the, alam mo ba yung kalulungkot mo dyan, eh maayos naman buhay mo? Or depressed? Bakit ka madidepressed? Diba? Or yung magulang mo, nagpapakahirap magtrabaho, tapos magre-reklamo ka pa, may pa I'm sad-sad ka pang nalalaman dyan. O, oh, diba? Does it sound familiar? This, this whole culture of not speaking up and only being allowed to feel and articulate certain feelings has stunted our emotional growth in a lot of ways. Generations of us have bought into the idea of makuha ka sa pakiramdam, which is, at least for me, a red flag that tells me just how low a person's emotional quotient probably is. And waga, we've normalized this kind of low EQ bad behavior. Don't believe me? Just look at your romantic relationships growing up. Ayoko naman sabihin ngayon kasi I want to assume na tapos na tayo sa stage na to. <laughs> Pero pinagdaanan ko din to, of course. So, remember your first ever relationship. You might be in high school, in college, or in your early 20s. And, you know, you're probably in love and things are perfect. And then something happens. Maybe you both go to a party together. And may sinabing medyo off tungkol sa'yo yung jowa mo. Baka sa kanya joke lang. Hindi niya alam na na-hurt ka. Pero sa buong time na magkasama kayo sa kotse pa uwi, ayaw mo siyang kausapin. He or she would probably be asking you if, you know, oh, okay ka lang ba? Did anything happen at the party? Are you mad at them? What did they do wrong? And the entire time, dead makalang. Because kung mahal ka talaga nila, mararamdaman nila kung ano yung dinadaanan mo at bakit kang na-hurt, diba? And we have our own unique word for it. We call this the art of tampo. We don't know how to feel or we don't know how to identify this emotion that we're going through, so we become passive-aggressive. And we put the responsibility of identifying and managing our emotions to the other person because we cannot be bothered. In fact, this is so commonplace that we already have an accepted term for that too. The art of panunuyo. The significant other has no idea why you're mad and what they did wrong because you won't tell them. Let's be honest, you'll probably tell them a week later, if at all, and try to pacify your anger, frustration, jealousy, or whatever it is that you're going through by buying you gifts, groveling, washing the dishes for a week, or whatever it is they feel needs to be done for you to forgive them. For something, they have no idea what they did wrong. And that's the cycle. 
<laughs> if you are to take away anything at all from this episode, please make it this. Please stop this whole cycle of tampo and suyo. It just kind of goes to show that, you know, we have normalized this toxic behavior of not talking about our feelings, of not taking responsibility for managing our feelings and for assuming that, you know, your significant other is going to do that for you. It is not their responsibility, right? So... You're probably asking yourself at this point, you know, but I relate to lahat. So, what does an emotionally literate person like sound like, look like? Like, wh- how are we supposed to actually be? You might ask. <laughs> an emotionally literate person can notice and name the emotions that they are feeling, and those that they see in people. So really, number one is having a wider vocabulary for the plethora of feelings that we have and trying to figure out the range or the depth of these feelings. Because, you know, number one to being able to healthily manage your emotions is of course being able to identify kung ano ba talaga tong nararamdaman mo as a coach i have so many people coming up to me asking for coaching saying that they suffer from depression and anxiety and for me that's a red flag because those are topics that therapists are supposed to be dealing not coaches right but the first thing I ask is, are you, have you been diagnosed and are you on medication? And their automatic answer is, no, I just feel that I'm depressed and I have anxiety. They don't realize that it's actually a diagnosis. So that is also because, you know, because of the mental health movement, the words depression and anxiety are some of the most common that people read about nowadays. And because of that, that's what people have kind of latched onto. So even if they are just sad or they are grieving or they are morose, they automatically go for the, 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 the words depressed and anxiety because that's all that they see. So really getting to know the range of emotions is so important. Being able to identify that for yourself and being able to see, you know, and identify what is happening with other people is a great step in helping to then manage said emotion, right? Because, you know, number two, emotionally literate people they can understand the message that the emotion is trying to communicate. So instead of hiding from our feelings of anger, we can kind of take a step back and ask ourselves, what is this teaching me? Diba? Bakit ako nagagalit? Ako, ano yung ikinagagalit ko? You know, this might just mean that there is something that I am just really passionate about 
and this person has crossed that line with me, which is why I'm feeling angry, right? Or why am I feeling annoyed at this person? Is it because of something that they did? Or is it because they remind me of someone and that's who I'm actually annoyed at? I'm just projecting my annoyance on this guy, right? Then emotionally literate people can also select the emotion that they are experiencing and they can choose what to communicate. So what this means is just because mainit ulo ko doesn't mean na mainit ulo ko sa lahat, right? Or just because mainit ulo, mainit ulo ko or galit ako means that everybody is going to hear it from me. No, this could just mean that I know that I am going through something and I can tell the people around me na, guys, wait lang ha, medyo mainit lang ulo ko ngayon, I'm going to go out, take a walk, papalamig lang ako ng ulo sandali, and I will come back and I will be with you guys 100%, right? Or being able to tell your significant other that, alam mo yung sinabi mo sa akin kanina, medyo na-hurt ako. So, pag-usapan natin ito mamaya, uh, lalabas lang ako, or I'm just going to take a jog, or work out, etc. para pagbalik ko, mapag-usapan natin ng maayos. That's all that means. And lastly, uh, an emotionally literate person accepts that emotions are a normal part of life and is at ease talking about it and working with them, with the people that they trust. So, you know, if you are married, being able to talk to your husband about emotions that come up for you, you know, um, and your husband being able to hold space, being able to listen to you with no judgment, you know, is so important because for a lot of us, we grew up, like I mentioned, you know, believing that some emotions are good and some emotions are bad, that we aren't supposed to express certain emotions. Well, when you come to think about it, diba medyo parang mali naman yun? Bakit pa binigay sa atin tong emosyon na to kung hindi naman natin to ano, pagdadamdamin? Right, there are lessons to to all these different emotions that we go through, and sayang lang, you know, we aren't picking up half of the lessons that we kind of should have because of these beliefs that we grew up with that we have in our head. So really, putting in the effort to create experiences that create new belief systems for us is super important. So, does this sound like you? Or maybe it sounds like the version of you that you want to be. Either way, learning how to identify, process, manage, and let go of our emotions responsibly is a whole journey in itself. There is so much for us to unlearn, relearn, and apply generations worth of beliefs that have been holding us back from flourishing as a people. 
I just want you to know that if this is you and if you can relate to most of what I'm saying, that it is normal. We have all kind of gone through it as Filipinos. But also, I just want you to know that you are also worthy of taking up space. Your emotions, the whole rainbow of them, are valid. And there is always a possibility for you to show up better for yourself. All it starts with is a little awareness and a willingness to do the hard work. Learning these soft skills we were never really taught at school or at home are so important to us thriving in this world that we live in. So that wraps it up for this episode. I hope that you were able to get insight, pick up something new, have your own little aha moments, and at least laughed, laughed along with me in this episode kasi natamaan din kayo sa mga kwento ko. <laughs> if you'd like to keep up with me, check my upcoming workshops or just want to keep in touch, you can like and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at coachinghappiness.ph or book a telecoaching session at www.coachinghappiness.ph Thank you for listening! Catch you on the next one. Bye for now. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Anything.